I bow in your presence right now and thank you for the music. I bow in your presence and I thank you, Lord, for those that helped us worship thus far. Thank you for the giver. Thank you for that one that turned loose hard-earned assets this morning that they worked in the cold all week to get. They gave to you. They didn't give it to me. They didn't give it to us. They gave it to you. I want to thank you for people who will be that faithful. And I want to thank you now for the, the spoken Word of God. And I pray in Jesus' name you'll help me to preach it with all my heart. May when I sit down, I can say to anybody with me, I did what I could. And the best thing you have. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. Living at the point of no return. <clears throat> what have I got to do to get to the place to where I do not walk off and leave God? Many of you are soul winners. By that I mean you take the Scripture, you've memorized the Scripture, and you take it to people who need it. I think the Holy Spirit is probably the soul winner. I think we're just the servant that takes the Word. I mean, some of them I've won. You couldn't find them five minutes after I prayed with them. But many times, you as a, as a person who goes soul winning and goes and shares the gospel with other people, you'll see them pray with you, and you'll see them come to church, and you'll see them uh, many times get baptized. You'll see them join the church, and three or four weeks go by, or three or four months maybe go by, and you don't see them here anymore. What happens to people who decide that they're going to go back and walk no more with it. Well, many of them see it's a lot harder than they thought. Am I right? And many of them see it's a lot more involved than I wanted to get. And I just thought it was a prayer. I didn't know it was a lifestyle. And I thought when I got baptized, it washed it off. And when I joined the church, it sanctified me. And Lord, I didn't know you had to have a Bible to be a Christian. And I didn't know you had to do anything. Uh, and before you knew it, I went back. Now, let me give you, I preached two of these the other day, so I'm just going to rehearse them for you. Look at the first one. Here are some, man here's the key word, mandates. It is mandatory that these four things happen in your life if you're going to stick with the Lord. How many of you really and truly want a commitment that will stick with Jesus? Let me see your hand. All right? I see a brother back here with his hand up uh, that uh, is having some... He, he gave his life to Christ, Steve. Went back home and started living in at the house, and everybody got upset and wanted a change. Not a change in him. They said, you keep that up, and we're leaving. He's here this morning by himself. He's doing what he can to live at the point of no return. But the devil isn't going to let us. So what have I got to tell him to, to help him stick with it and stay by? Number one, power must be relinquished. What, what happened in this verse right after this, verse 68? And Simon Peter answered him and said this, Lord. Everybody say that word with me. Lord. Everybody say it. Lord. Until he has lordship over our life and we, do, and we submit ourselves to him completely, there's always going to be a substitute to go back to. Now, when I got saved, I didn't know what the Lord meant. I didn't know who the Lord was. I didn't know that He wanted to be my Lord. 
But I came to the house of God and I found out real quick that this is not a jello gelatin walk through the tulip. I found out real quick God expected more out of me than a dime out of every dollar. I, found, I didn't have no problem figuring that tithing thing out because it was a mathematical calculation. That wasn't no problem. A dime out of every dollar, you lose that much every week. You can't. If you could find the change you've lost, you could, you could probably figure your tithe out and it wouldn't be. That's, that wasn't a problem to me. The problem that I had was turning those habits over to him. The problem I had was going to that inner sanctuary with that book and understanding and asking God to fill me with the Holy Ghost and use me. Why is that a problem to a man? Because he's had the power so long, he don't want to turn loose the power. Have you ever had a dog that wouldn't stay up? Have you ever had a dog, you put him in any kind of fence, that joke could get out? I had one like that one time. I messed with him for a year. He got out, and the dog catcher picked him up and took him to Dr. Hawk. Dr. Hawk called me and said, you got a box of bulldog down here. I said, is that right? He said, yeah. I said, what's it going to take me to get him out? He said, $120. I said, you own that bulldog. I said, his name is Champ. Enjoy I've never seen him again. I couldn't keep him up. Remember, I couldn't keep him I'd pin that joke up. He'd eat wire. He loved wire. He digested wire. Get on top of the doghouse and jump 20 so ooh, in the man's neck. And then when he, when he got out, he'd turn around and look like and split. He'd be found at Riverview Park. He'd be found on Fifth Street Bridge. He'd be found anywhere, living like a dog. He never gave me his power, so I gave him away. <laughs> God won't do you like I did that dog. I'm standing here digging a hole. Let me move on. <laughs> John, you ever have a dog you couldn't keep up? Oh, how God must feel. When these dogs won't stay in the pen. Some woman just punched her husband and he's talking to you. Listen, all you have to do is give your power away. That's, that's hard. It is. It's hard. Some of you women are naggers. Some of you husbands, you're just, you're just flawful. And both of you got together and God knows you didn't mean to. It just sort of happened. And your mom and daddy thought it was a good thing. And... And bless God, it was cheaper to marry than it was to date, so you just jumped in. And, and now all your buttons are put to easy, it's difficult, it's hard. But you know what most marriages have problems with? Power struggles. When one learns not to care, another one don't care, and they meet in the middle and don't care, and just let God do whatever God wants to, you can live a whole lot happier. Can I get a witness? Number two, now you've you got, you got, you got to relinquish your power. Number two, the possibilities must be rejected. You know, any time a man can go back to something easier than what he's got, he'll do it. Any time that he can go, listen, before he's going to eat, low sugar, before he's going to eat, no sugar, but he's, if he has the opportunity, if you keep Twinkies in the cupboard, you can eat them. You've got to get them out of the house. <laughs> Chuckle jail cakes were not made to walk by and speak to. They were made to walk by and devour. And, but if you've got an out, you'll take it. You have got to cut loose the possibilities. If you've got old friends on the other side of your life that you keep messing with, it would probably be good if you slowly but surely cut the ties with that devilish bunch 
and found you somebody who knew how to spell J-E-S-U-S. Because as long as you've got it easy, you know what they'll tell you? Oh, go ahead and have a beer, man. That ain't no big deal. That preacher, I ain't going to tell the preacher. Who is he anyway? He ain't God. Go ahead and get you a beer. Imagine one beer. How many people ever got drunk on one beer? One beer ain't going to mess with you. And he's right. But there ain't nobody going to drink one with that goat and not drink another one because he's going to keep on. And before you know it, you find yourself turn your back on what you know is good for you and you're wallowing like a hog in that slough again. And you don't mean to, but your possibility was there. You girls will never marry long if you date right. You see? <laughs> if you can't keep his riches up, he won't keep a car up. Had a girl tell me not long ago, but he's my son. I said, he's your what? He's my sign in the paper, you know, it's at the corner. I said, the sign ought to be is when that devil won't get out of the bed in the morning, put his clothes on and go to work. That's your sign. Give him to somebody else. Sign. Here's some new ground. Number three. Listen to this one. Not only must power be relinquished, possibilities must be rejected, but priorities need to be resolved. Priorities need to be resolved. Notice what he said in verse 68. Jesus said, Peter, number one, number one Jesus said, Lord, there is the power must be relinquished. And then uh, he said, are you going away too? And then he, and, and he said back to Jesus, he said, where shall we go? For thou hast the words of life. You cannot find life just any way you go, but you cannot miss life in the words of Jesus. There's your priority. You have got to decide that the preaching here is more important than Walt Disney tonight. You have got to come to the place to where you began to enjoy what Jesus is telling you. You must let your priorities be prioritized around what you want, not what you was. You've got to let him become Lord in your life by putting him at the top and not, oh God, I feel a little preach right there. I feel a little, little preach right there. Uh, you, you must understand that the priority of your life must be the possibility that God brings in your life to make a difference in your experience. Am I right about it? He said, where shall we go? For thou hast the words of life. You must have a resolve in your spirit that his words are all you need to hear. The word resolve means a fixity of purpose. Fixed on unchanging ground. These disciples said, where can we go? Thou hast the words of life. Job said it this way. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him, for there's no other place to go to find the joy and the help and the hope that I need for my life. Let me say something to you this morning. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how difficult your life has become. I don't care how minus uh, uh, your life might be. I don't know how much or how little you have this morning. 
But I know this, if you go to God and you straighten your life up with His Word, and His Word becomes uh, coagulated with your life and comes into a relationship with you, God will begin to work in your life in such a way that things will change. And they'll change quick. Where can we go? Thou hast the words of life. What's the left? You're going back to the drugs. You're going back to the sex. You're going back to the occult. You're going back to Satan. You're going back to black magic. You're going back to humanism. Where would you go? Thou hast the words of life. Where are you going? To materialism and money? Where are you going? Back to the new age? Where are you going? To a religion without Jesus? Where are you going? Bearing yourself in alcoholism? Where are you going? Back to a suicidal spirit? May I say something to you? When you come to Jesus and taste of the word of life and turn around and go back, there ain't nowhere to go back to. A man that goes back will be as miserable as he's ever been in his life because he tasted of the sweetness of Jesus and walked away. Now listen, the, the priorities must be resolved. Thou hast the words of life. I remember when I got saved and God began to deal with me and, 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 and uh, speak to my heart and strengthen my heart. It was through the Word of God. I, I got saved off the back row, but ever since then I've been on the front. Now that don't mean the front one is sanctified and that don't mean all the bad people are sitting on the back row. That's not what it means at all. I just got an old-fashioned hunger. I said, dear God, if you can zap me with the Holy Spirit of God like that on the back, I mean, what can you do with me down on the front? So I said, just turn the spout on. I'm right under it where it's coming out. Now, people in the back can get a good drink of water, but praise God. I'm glad for that good drink that you can get right under the spout where the glory is coming. I went to the front of the church, and I said, God, touch me. I said, Lord, help me. I, it ain't near as far to repent from there to here as it is way back yonder to here. You can talk yourself out of it way back yonder to here, but we all got to fall down right there and roll right up here and just get right in. You see? And I, I said, oh, God, would you help me? I started feasting on this book. I started trying to live it. Oh, I failed, and I faltered, and I, I, I stumbled, and I fell out, and I'd get back up. And I said, God, I'm sorry. He said, I know you. I knew how sorry you was when I got a hold of it. He said, but I'll help you. And I got back up. He said, get back on that pew. I got back on that pew. That guy started preaching that book. I rolled to the front. I said, God, I tried some of that, and I can't do it. He said, I knew you couldn't do it. Won't you ask me to help you? I said, God, can you help me quit smoking? Can you help me sell them smutty magazines? God, can you help my mind get cleaned up? God, can you help me quit gambling? God, can you help me? He said, I sure can. That's prioritizing. Most of us don't prioritize our relationship because we're really afraid God will start taking that junk out of our life and we won't know how to live. But the truth of the matter is, it's a whole lot cheaper. It's a whole lot simpler. And it's a whole lot more honoring to God when we do what He wants us to do instead of what we want to do ourselves. We're comfortable in carnality. I am. We don't know what to do. I mean, what if I step up and God calls me to preach? I thought the same thing, and He did. He sure did. I thought, surely I'll be eating monkey elbow in Africa somewhere. Or I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be eating something crazy. God knows He'll send me to the back side of nowhere. Now, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> and sometimes here, I wish He had us. 
I take the monkey meat over something that I have to put up with. But you prioritize your life, and I promise you what God does before it's all over, you'll give him glory and praise for it. Give him right there some glory over there. Prioritize. I, I think of, I sat with Diane, and we talked about this point this morning. Uh, and the little girl that used to be here, her name was Tabitha Slater. Tabitha was 15 the day she walked down an aisle here and got saved in the other auditorium. She found out two weeks later she had failing kidney disease and was on dialysis for several years, probably 18 or 19 when, uh, 15 when she found out about it. And she went to heaven before she ever turned 20. She might have been 20. I doubt it. I buried that little girl. I watched her turn yellow. I watched her emaciate lose all of her weight. I watched her face grow up so narrow that all you could see was bones in her cheek. I saw her little old feet and her little legs and her little body just go to nothing. She went to dialysis three times a week. And finally, she went to heaven. But every Sunday, every Sunday, she may miss dialysis, but she said, Mama, if you take me to church, I can get to the rest of it. She said, you see, the dialysis machine was important to her, but in order to keep her spirit so she could keep going, she had to get on that Jesus machine. She prioritized her life. Now she's in a place where kidneys can't disrupt the situation. She's in a place this morning where death and disease cannot get her. I think of Don Gordon comes and sits in that wheelchair right there. I think of my brother Wilson right here in the middle aisle sitting in that wheelchair. What it takes for him to come here this morning. What it takes for her to get him here. Uh, he don't just roll over here. It does, he don't just pop up through that floor because uh, he, he's here. We, he just sort of waits for the next service. They go through everything they go through. Why? I have to go home every once in a while, sit down and say, Dear God, what a blessing it is to be a preacher in a place where somebody will roll in a wheelchair to hear the Word of God. That's why he hadn't went back. That's why he's staying with us. He's got a point. And I promise you, if you stick with it, it'll be because it's a priority in your life. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to worry about it. And God's going to bless me. Here's the third thing you've got to do. Not only must the priorities uh, be resolved, but the profession must be real. The profession must be real. You know why many people go back? Because they never got far enough in not to. They thought walking down an aisle was going to change everything. They thought praying with a preacher was all they had to do. They thought, well, I'll just go ahead and go through the tank. Maybe that'll help me. Maybe. Maybe. And I'll, I'll, I'll stand up here and join this fellowship. And that'll make my profession real. What I just mentioned ain't got a thing to do with your profession. The thief on the cross didn't get to do none of that, but guess where he is today? Singing alto or bass in the other end of the choir, shouting glory, hallelujah, just in time. Just in time is his favorite song. I mean, crucified on the side of Jesus. And Jesus looked over to him when he said, forgive me, I'm sorry. I deserve what I'm getting. You don't. 
Remember me when you come into your kingdom. This day, you'll be with me in paradise. That's a real perfection. But did he get down and get dumped? What church did he join First Baptist Church in Jerusalem? I don't think they had a member secretary or a membership secretary standing under the cross saying, How about it? What's your address? But we play that game. It's not a relationship with a membership secretary. It's not a relationship with Brother Hampton. It's not a relationship with a preacher. It's not a relationship with a church. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, personal and up close. It's where God saves a man. That perfection must be real. It must be real. And I'm afraid sometimes we're more equipped to go back than we are to go on. Because we really, let me ask you this, was you really serious when you told God you was the sinner? Or were you just jerking him around because you knew what he wanted to hear? I heard the preacher say, if I say this, oh no, the preacher said if you meant this, you need to hear it. Do you mean, God, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner? Will he look back and say, today you'll be with me in heaven? Profession must be real. Tell you this story. When I when I first met Diane, um, have you ever known somebody and seen somebody that you'd say anything to make them like? Brother Cushman? Yeah. Um, I met her in a particular joint uh, down the road, and uh, she was in there without proper identification. She lied. <clears throat> but she could dance so good, it was all right. I mean, it's okay. I saw her, and I decided, I'm going to date that thing. Mike was with me. He could just about tell you what I said. I said, I, I'm going to, several idiots sitting around the table acting cool. We're the dumbest bunch in town. And that bunch down there last night was the dumbest bunch in town, too. You tell them when you see them, I said. I done been there, done that, and didn't want to share But I was, I was, when we were fixing to leave, I said, uh, how, how about us getting together again and do something? She said, uh, you like to skate? Oh, listen. Skate. First thing we done, went horseback riding. Harry Shelton was with us, and Mike, and I, and Sandra, and some of the rest of us. We went, we went horseback riding. That was another adventure. After, that was on a Saturday, and uh, that Sunday afternoon, I asked her, I said, what can, what can we do? I'd like to see you again. She said, well, I'm going skating. I said, I was thinking about myself. Told my daddy today, skating did a good thing. I couldn't skate. I went out there and met her, and we went into old uh, Red Wing. We out there on Gordon Highway. Uh, I went in. I didn't even know how to get the, I, I just didn't know nothing about the but I knew something about her. And whatever I had to say to have her, I didn't really care what I had to do. I put them skates on and like to never got to the ring. You know, you just picture this now. I got them on and, and, and everybody, you know, everybody's just twirling like Tinkerbell and 
and I, 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 I'm trying to figure out, ooh. Well, I saw them. They, they, they was, ooh, 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 ooh. I said, does that just hit you when you get out there, or are you supposed to know a little something about it? And she, good night. She, she was, I mean, she was just twirling around out there, you know, and, and I, here, here's the God suit to tell you. I, I got out there and they was, I didn't know nothing. I'm standing by the rail, you know, too, or so. She said, come on. I said, I'll be there in just a minute. I got a time with you. I ain't never prayed in my life. I said, God, if you keep me out of this and I'll get out of the next five by myself. <laughs> they, they come around with this whip where one stands still and, whoo, and that poor fool on the end goes to North Dakota. Well, I'm standing on the rail. Now, this is how she told me this morning it happened. I'm standing on the rail, and the guy on the end of the whip comes by and grabs my hand. I'm just barely able to stand up. He goes around the curve and slings me. It was the awfulest pile of humanity you've ever seen rolled up in one ball. Diane Tinkerbell over there. What's wrong? I said, my leg's broken. I can't skate no more. I got up and I took them shoes off. And I said... <laughs> I thought to myself, my profession wasn't real. <laughs> I done lied about skating just so I could get uh, to make it. And you know something? I could skate about as good as you did. But if you say you are and you get out there and you ain't. You're just going to be a pile of humanity. Double up over there in the corner. Saying you can, and all you're going to have to have help to get them to you. And encourage you about something. Just get honest with God and ask Him to forgive you. And just simply say, Lord, whatever's on the other side of this commitment, I'll trust you with it. I want you to help me. Please. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be questionable. I don't want to be confused. Just help me. And I promise you, the heart of God will bathe your spirit in forgiving grace and power. Give him praise if you believe. Amen. Our Father, I ask you this morning to touch our people and help them. So many people, Lord, have went back. So many people have gone off and left you embarrass you. I, I want to ask you, number one, for my own heart, dear God, and I need this prayer, and I need to hear myself pray it. God, keep me a disciple. Don't let me go away and walk with you no more. I pray, God, you'd, you'd let me just give over the power in my life to you. I pray the possibilities would be null and void that I'd have to go back to. And God, I beg you this morning, don't let 
my priority is getting to be money or finances or wealth or retirement or all the rest of it. Let my priority be serving God. Please. The devil, Lord, jerks us around and cons us. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And then, Lord, let our profession be real. I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Turn that verse on, please, son, if you would, and crank it up for me if you would. I want to I wanna read a verse to you that says this. And we believe, Peter said this in verse number 69. I almost forgot it, but it's text. It says, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. His, his profession was real. This boy knew how to escape. He wasn't out there getting beat up against the wall because his profession wasn't right. It's not being a Baptist. It's not drinking or not drinking. It's not smoking or not smoking. It's not gambling or not gambling. It's Jesus, the Lord of glory, the Lamb of God, revealing himself to us until we can say, I believe and we are sure. Are you sure? And do you believe? To the point that he's, he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you do, if you have, if you are, then you have a whole lot less chance of going back than you do if you don't. Stand with me, please. How many Christians has Brother Steve playing something for us on the piano? And let's don't waste any time. I've wasted enough. Let me ask you if I could this morning. How many Christians would slip out of your seat and come and say, Lord, help me live at the point of no return. I don't want to be a person going back. I want to be a person going on. Come on. My priority is to keep things in line. 